Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. NBC Sports, Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, where those Tennessee volunteers start out were uh, God intended at number nine in the preseason uh, college basketball poll ahead of those FAU owls that no one likes and no one respects uh, coming in right after the Tim where they belong and to talk all things Tennessee Vols and nothing FAU Owls who did anything of note in March. JP Acosta of SB Nation. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? Talking a lot of shit for a team that got their ass kicked by FAU. That same FAU team last year. I mean, dang. Hey, new season, new me, 5-1. and Joe Milton winning in spite of Joe Milton week in, week out. James Pierce, the best edge rusher in college football. Going to be a top five pick next year. Like the reincarnation of Julius Peppers mixed with Jadavion Clowney. Oh, wow. Life is good with James Pierce right now. Not even you believe that. 
I mean, I believe <laughs> James Pierce. That was my best call before the year. I was like, James Pierce can be a star. Like the the frame, everything else. Like Pierce is Pierce is awesome, man. Love watching James Pierce destroy uh, right tackles uh, in the SEC week in week out. But I do think he's at least a uh, first round pick. Um, I think he's. He's going to be a really good player uh, this year, the rest of this year, next year for Tennessee. But uh, this is not a Tennessee show. We This is an NFL show. This is the NFL Super Friends. It also means USA Today and everywhere else. Jarrett Bailey is here. Jarrett, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. Um, earlier today, I had a little bit of a conundrum because mm. M- Mondays are my busiest day content-wise. So I was working earlier and I had Good Mythical Morning on as like just background noise to cancel out the voices in my head. Mm. And I was just, I hadn't eaten a lot. It was just food show, like food episode after food episode and everything. And I was like, all right, do I want like Indian food? Because I saw that viral video of the violently white guy trying Indian food for the first time. And I've never really had Indian food, but it looks pretty good. It's pretty um, good. So I was like, so do I get Indian food or... Yeah, that that was pretty much it. I was like, okay, I'll just order because there's an Indian place close to me. I'll order it; it'll be great. And then uh, I, uh, a KFC thing happened on Good Mythical Morning. I was like, oh man, yeah, KFC sounds pretty no. good. So, how early so are we talking? You got KFC like four thirty a.m. So p.m. Guys. Oh, okay. Not, you I'm said morning, so I was KFC like, okay, at <laughs> five a.m. But uh, mm-hmm. so there are people yeah, who do it. Going to so an I airport. went from contemplating getting Indian food to getting KFC, mm. which is like the equivalent of like if you like consider taking your wife out on like a nice evening on the town and then instead just having sex in the back of like a Ford Fiesta. That's uh-huh. that's what that's what that was. But I, I got a five piece tender. I got some mac and cheese and some potatoes and a biscuit. And then it went right through me. And uh, I made two trips to the bathroom in that time since. So worth it, though. Wow, Always was it worth it? Fancy. Yes, that's absolutely. an insane, insane downgrade. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Oh, dude, oh, I'm, I'm not arguing that whatsoever. Um, I don't know. It was just one of those things where, like, I saw KFC and that's all I could think about. And I was like, I haven't had a KFC biscuit in a minute. I listen, man. I can't, I can't, I can't shame you for seeing KFC and wanting KFC. I've done that many absolutely. times in my life. So good. You've got to try any maybe food. twice in the last 16 years of my life with Chick-fil-A around with Popeye's with Zaxby's. There's no reason for KFC to ever be in my life. There's just there's just none. KFC is like one Popeyes, of um, and there is a wing stuff that I almost got, but I just I haven't had wing stuff in a long time. I had wing um, stuff the other day. It was terrible. I love wing stuff. <laughs> it's just like guy. I love wing stop and it was just love like it was okay. not not good. Well, that the, voice you also hear Evan Swartz. Not on any social media right now. I would say your ads, but you're 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 off the grid right now, Evan. I mean, you could give them the give them the the socials. I'm just I'm not there. You know what I mean? I didn't delete them. You're the Magic Johnson meme. I'm not gonna be there. I'm not gonna be be here. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I just kind of got tired of it, man. I had three Aaron Rodgers tweets go viral and I just had the worst human beings tweeting. I mean, I'm not even going to lie. This is not why I did it, but I do think this is a funny story. Uh, but I had a few, like, I was just like joking about Aaron Rodgers and it just like, you know, the Kel- Travis Kelsey, Aaron Rodgers situation. Then like, of course, summons the Taylor Swift fans, <laughs> the MAGA people, the anti-vax people, the Chiefs fans, Aaron Rodgers fans. not a worse blunt rotation than Swifties and MAGAs and the same like, I, it was just here. 
it was nonstop. I got called a retard more times, I think, in my life in a span of two days. A word that, like, is not, I haven't heard that word. And I, what? I haven't heard personally heard anyone say that word as an insult in like 10 years at this point. And it's just like all these like trolls say it was insane. I don't recommend it. I, uh, but yeah, for my mental health, uh, I very much. So I don't know, man, I just, uh, I was, I was, I'm like always the guy on Twitter, right? Everyone knows me as the Twitter guy and, and I do love Twitter and I enjoy Twitter and I enjoy all the things that has come from this as I sit on a NFL podcast with three incredibly talented and smart individuals where I literally just show up on this podcast. Cause I love you guys. And I love talking about the NFL. I'm not trying to be in media. This is just fun to me. It's so there's so much good that has come from me being on social media and you know, I, I can respect and appreciate that. And I wish I could just synthesize that part of social media, but I don't know, man. I was just like every part of my day, whether I'm talking to people, whether I'm at work, I'm just like checking notifications, checking notifications. And I was just like, I just got to get rid of it. Well, how's Milo? We haven't seen him in a week. Milo's great. Milo's doing good. In fact, Milo is the beneficiary of this, right? Like (laughs) he gets more time. He gets so much more. I mean, he already gets so much. But did he know about the likes? Did he already know about being a little TikTok famous? He's kind of like, you're kind of cutting me off here. I love following Evan. Oh, seeing the Milo. See? Oh, does he not know? I thought you meant uh, like, how's Milo now that you're not on social media? Yeah. How is Milo being TikTok famous? I, you know, I'm just, I think as long as we can find a way to make some money out of this so he can (laughs) finally get a job, Mm -hmm. I'd appreciate that. But yeah, it's insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that, that TikTok, I just has been absolutely wild. We're at 1.2 million views at this point. It's pretty crazy. And I don't even think Dogs are good. People like dogs. dogs. Yeah. Dogs People like good dogs. Especially when they're screaming yeah. at you. I mean, hey, that's what they do. Um, well, folks, don't forget NFL Super Friends. Each and every Monday night we record this goes live on uh, your preferred podcast player, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Every Tuesday morning, you can also get the full episode on YouTube uh, on Tuesday as well. YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Like and subscribe, all the good stuff. Uh, and if you're watching this on YouTube right now, first, thank you uh, for checking out the show on our YouTube page. Make sure you uh, hit that like button below. Uh, helps a lot. And uh, leave any comments, questions you have for us, anything like that uh, in the comments. That would be great. We'd love to hear from you guys. And then also, you can email this show at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out the homepage, chasethomaspodcast.com, for uh, all the information you need about this daily uh, national sports show so do all that um and yeah uh nfl super friends each and every monday night going live uh for you guys each and every tuesday morning for your uh your morning commute so uh before we get into uh our takes the weekend uh evan this is i'm just leading this in uh that <laughs> i watched way too much because the atlanta falcons were uh rough on hey, sunday after that team uh, it, uh they're still winning the division um it's going to be an ugly division win but they're still winning the division uh but i will say um i was watching just as much niners browns um uh, <laughs> sunday afternoon and i just i felt bad watching this and i can only imagine what it was like for evan who went through the bears game uh two years ago in the monsoon 
and what that game was to uh, this year now with um, the Browns winning with P.J. Walker and uh, a whole lot of defense and not a whole lot of offense from the San Francisco 49ers. So, Evan, your two-minute hot take rant on what happened to the San Francisco 49ers yesterday afternoon was what? I mean, I listen, as a 49ers fan, I have been watching, you know, for the last at least under the Kyle Shanahan tenure, right? We've we've had some of the best defenses of the last two decades. I would think that's fair to say. Mm. We have at any given point been just a very dominant team. And I'm still so used to at least once a year losing to a team that you have no business winning or losing mm. to. I don't care if the Browns have the best defense in the NFL. I don't care. Like the Niners have one of the best defenses in the NFL, right? I don't care that Jim Schwartz, I just don't care. I don't care about Miles Garrett. I don't care. It's PJ Tucker. Not even, was it, was it PJ Tucker? PJ Walker. PJ Tucker. Walker. Player player. Player. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's like, it's like, when, how many times a week do you say PJ Walker? It's just, it's a PJ Tucker is the only person I could think of, but that's my point though. Right. Isn't it like, I can't even remember the name of the Browns quarterback. It's the guy from the XFL. There's no reason why the 49ers should have lost that game. And everyone like in my DMS in my, or not my DMS, but in my group chats on text messaging, like my friends I'm talking to, they're like, Oh, you know, the Browns have a really good defense. So what? Well, the 49ers lost Christian McCaffrey and Devo Samuel. They still had Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Mm. Which, by the way, does, you know, is it is there anything more Kyle Shanahan than to go one week from George Kittle having three touchdowns to not even having three catches? It's the most, like, there's no reason on the planet if Christian McCaffrey is out of the game, and if Debo Samuel is out of the game, that you're not force-feeding the ball to George. George Kittle is not just some guy that's, you know, really fast or, oh, he's like, you know, he's a good blocker. George Kittle, I would say his number one most important quality is that he breaks tackles, that he makes plays, that he is clutch. You could give – get him the ball – in in literally at the line of scrimmage and i would have rather you have done that than pass the ball to ray ray mcleod or pass the ball to juan jennings who by the way played admirably uh your boy had a good catch there at the end there's no reason that it should come down to a kick Mm. which by the way it came down to a kick (laughs) who was kicked by a kicker that you drafted with a top 100 pick. And, you know, it was fun to watch him at the beginning of the season, and it was fun to watch him up until yesterday when he missed two kicks to make you lose to a bad quarterback. So I don't know, man. A lot of people would just, like, brush it off, right? Every, you know, every year they lose one bad game. Every year, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a trap game. Mm. whatever i hate that i hate that i'm a 49ers fan that has watched the eagles get a better you know get a first round buy i'm a 49ers fan that has watched 
not getting that extra game, meaning not being able to play the team that you want to play like the, you know, so I don't know. I have so many thoughts, so many emotions, uh, but overall just wildly disappointed. It is so, I mean, it's so, it was so bad. Is it over for Brock Purdy y'all? No, it's not over, but like, <laughs> it turns out all, all you need to do to beat Brock Purdy is take away two yard dump passes to Christian McCaffrey and make it drizzle. No, no, it was no, it was more than that. He has been barely missing these plays all year long, but the the players have been making the plays, right? Bra- Bra- Brandon Ayuk has been catching the ball, right? Debo's catching the ball. Guess who else was catching the ball? George Kittle, who you didn't throw to because you had to block. Kyle Shanahan's running scheme is so important. Oh God, Kyle hit Kyle Shanahan's running scheme. What are we going to do if, if George Kittle can't block for Kyle Shanahan's running scheme that did nothing? Oh, I got to run the ball seven times before I throw a play action because I they'll never, if I don't run the ball seven times before the play action, how will they, they'll, you know, it's just like, why do we have to synthesize every Kyle Shanahan bad game or loss to all these like big brain ideas? If you have two of your best offensive skill players go down, how is it not immediately get the ball to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle? I don't care. Get the ball to them. It doesn't well, to be have fair, to be. Ayuk did have a lot of targets. He's just there were bad throws by Purdy that weren't caught. Right. I understand that. But like Kittle's my main issue, though, because to me, everything I've watched Kittle with for the last five years is he will he will catch things in clutch moments where he's not supposed to catch the ball. And then not only that, he'll break three tackles and get a first down. So I just can't understand. Do you think he's hurt or is it just a scheme thing? No, I I literally think it was a little bit of rain and he obviously had, they were having really good pressure and he just made bad throws. Well, Mm. the thing about the game, and this is more, this is more about the Browns and this 49ers. The reason George Kittle wasn't targeted more in the passing game it's because the Browns made them waste extra players in the passing game to stay mm. in the block. Like the the biggest thing that should be coming from this game is that the Browns kind of whooped the Niners' ass up front. Mm. Like that was where the game was won and lost. Jordan Elliott played a fantastic game up front. The run game was non-existent, like Evan said. But that's really where you kind of get into a bind with you if you're the 49ers. You know, you the run game wasn't working. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Debo Samuel got hurt. And then you basically fall into the trap that the Browns can set. They they are so good against the run. They're so aggressive coming downhill that now they can pin their ears back and you have Miles Garrett running at you. Miles Garrett had a phenomenal day, by the way. Did not have a sack, but pretty much like he won like almost every rep against Trent Williams, albeit Trent did get hurt early in the game. But outside of that, like Grant Delpit, Fantastic game. Jeremiah was score more. Fantastic game. This was more, this was less about the Niners to me than it was about the Browns, who, com- hmm. who made a statement about like in a in a loaded AFC, they can still like fight for a playoff spot because they have a top five defense in the league this year. That's what bothers me. I would me say the most. it's not even just top five. It's the best in the league right now. Like you sure. look at EP, EPA mm. for play wise, they are almost a full point better than number than the second place team, which is Baltimore. They're minus 0.249 in EPA for play. Baltimore's a minus 0.161. So they and are huh. Jim Schwartz has these boys buzzing. Right let's now. be realistic too. They also just did that to the 49ers, which 
look at the stats, EPA especially, the most efficient offense in the NFL. And after mm. what they just did to the 49ers defense, I mean, the Browns deserve all the credit in the world. But that, I mean, that's my big issue. The 49ers pass rush. Nick Bosa's not nobody. Obviously, my, you know, I don't think Nick Bosa is starting off to this season as fast as he should be. Maybe, you know, not maybe the contract stuff was the issue. But like Randy Gregory had a sack in like three QB pressures yesterday. Mm. Like they're getting support. But it just it wasn't amounting to anything. And and again, not not to like I don't I don't want to like beat a dead horse and I don't want to talk about this over and over and over again, but like how many rushing attempts does Christian McCaffrey need to get before you are worried about his physical health? When you traded for Christian McCaffrey, Plenty of people said this is a bad trade and not one of them said this is a bad trade because of Christian McCaffrey's talent. It was because of his durability, his injury history. Ever since then, Kyle has treated Christian McCaffrey like my ADHD ass treats a favorite new song. And it just plays that song on repeat over and over and over. Christian McCaffrey has been slightly injured this year. And still, Kyle would immediately call a play to Christian McCaffrey afterwards. The fact that he hasn't gotten injured yet is a miracle. And, you know, he looks like he'll be okay. But, like, Jordan Jordan Mason has looked great every time he's touched the ball. He's averaging, he averaged over five yards a carry for the five, you know, minimal attempts he got yesterday. We were seeing, we, we knew this as 49ers fans. Immediately, we're like, you could split McCaffrey and Mason. It won't be that big of a drop-off, and it'll be worth keeping McCaffrey fresh. But Kyle Shanahan has refused to do that. In fact, I would argue that George Kittle doesn't even see the ball anymore because he's like, no, I can have Christian McCaffrey do that. And I I will, you know, I respect that, like, you know, I was like, after Christian McCaffrey took that big hit last week against the Cowboys, and I was like, let him rest. Immediately after I tweeted that, he went back in and he scored a touchdown. So I recognize that, you know, he is that good. But, like, Christian McCaffrey was not in the game at the end of the game. You were driving down the field, had to kick a field goal, had more time to get another playoff, by the way, and still chose to kick a field goal. You know, mm. if if Christian McCaffrey was healthy, what are we doing? Are we able to maybe score a touchdown there? It's just... These are the things that drive me insane about Kyle Shanahan. He'll be the best coach in the absolute world to where people are at the altar just bowing and praying to Kyle Shanahan. And then he'll follow it up with some of the dumbest shit I've, I, I have to watch as a fan. It's infuriating. I wish I complained about Kyle Shanahan instead of Matt Canada. That would be nice. Well, I, I think the thing that, about the Niners is like all of that is true. And you still had a chance to win the game at the end. Yeah. Like, right. of course, yeah. like spinning it kind of on the optimistic side, optimistic side, excuse me, they'll probably still win 14 games. I don't think this is a major indictment of, oh, what this is what happened. This is the game plan to beat the 49ers because you're not going to face Miles Garrett every week. You're not going to face a talented DB room like the, uh, the Browns had. The Browns were very comfortable playing like man coverage on the Niners for most of the game. And that's because they've invested so much into their DBs in offseason. They paid Juan Thornhill. They drafted Denzel Ward and paid Denzel Ward very handsomely. Greg Newsom 
first round pick. He plays in the slot. Martin Emerson, I believe, was a day two pick. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but they've invested a lot of money into those guys. And Jim Schwartz kind of was just like the, the night and day change from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz in the aggression of this defense has really turned this defense up. It's the same players outside of like changes along the defensive line. But the aggression that they play with has changed so much. And it really it's more fitting of a team with as good of athletes as the Browns have on defense. Like let let them go be dudes. Like stop trying to play zone yeah. and zone match and shit. Just yeah, no, that, man. that was old school defense, right? They said just go beat your guy. And they did beat the guy. So Fun no, fact. I don't think go ahead. Uh, PJ Walker led teams in the past calendar year have beaten Tom Brady and the Bucks and now the undefeated 49ers. So tip of the cap to old Tom PJ Brady Walker. And the Bucks doesn't really move the needle for me. Maybe. I mean, it's Tom Brady, bro. How many how many teams beat Tom Brady and the Bucks that season? Well, that's fine. Um, I'm just saying, you know, the Panthers were awful last year and nobody really expected them to win that. I I do think I think PJ Walker is an athletic, talented quarterback who's limited. But I, my, my point is this. I don't think it is like an end-all, be-all by all means. But as, as a fan who has watched them lose two NFC championships and a Super Bowl, these are the games where you're like, you can't make these mistakes. You have to be perfect in these moments because that's what sets you up to win a Super Bowl. You need to be lucky. You need to be perfect. You have to do all of those things to get there. So I just... I just want to see the Niners win a Super Bowl. Well, I think it's going to be okay. And I think the, uh, I like JP's point where it's like, in the grand scheme, are we remembering this game in January or like 13 and four? Like, it doesn't mean a thing. Like, every team is going to lose at some point this season. 49ers were never going to go 17 or no. They ran into the best defense in football. They just happened to lose. I I remember the score. I remember the one. Yeah. Well, I remember the 149ers game that they, they beat the Rams and got. Uh, didn't get the pick to land Miles Garrett. I remember the 149ers game where they uh, beat the Cardinals or lost to the Cardinals, excuse me, last year, and then ended up not getting, you know, uh, the the position. I rem- yeah, I do. These these one little that's what my point. As a 49ers fan, these one off games are ruining my life. <laughs> It could be worse. You could outgain a team at home by like 400 yards and lose. Are we uh, are we talking about are we talking about the Falcons? Uh, JP's so excited. JP, what do you want to say about the Falcons right now? Because I am at the point where I I just there was so much bad coaching and like Dez was bad, but this was the one of the worst Arthur Smith coach games uh, to this point. And I've never come this close to like I don't think it's him. I don't think he's the guy. I've never been this close to being like, I'm not sure Artie should be the head coach going into next year. Nothing sums up this game more than Desmond Ritter's second interception in the red zone where he just throws up an absolute duck, five yards short of Drake London, and Arthur Smith is just like this on the sideline. We should make that the midfield logo. There's Arthur Smith just like, fuck. And you can see, like, the, they show the replay of Arthur Smith talking to himself, just throw the ball out mm-hmm. of fucking bounds. <laughs> like, it's so simple to do the basic things. And Desmond Ritter has not been able to show that he's done the basic things correctly. Outside of that. You're way too poor, happy about this. This is really mean. It was really a poorly mean. coached is, game This is really well. mean. Yeah, is, keep going. It was poorly coached. This was mm-hmm. a bad coaching game by Arthur Smith. Um, again, this team is far too talented to 
be like this. And it's annoying. Mm. It's annoying as an objective like viewer. Like this is an annoying football team because you should be good, but you're consistently held back by the quarterback and the play calling. And one of those has got to change. How do you how do you only throw for 151 yards and still throw three touchdowns? I mean, you got to watch this game. Is this Jimmy is the... Garoppolo the quarterback for the the Commanders? That I just didn't know be about. Heineke time in Atlanta, man. Like if he trots, keeps trotting out Desmond Ritter, there's going to be a mutiny. Well, here's the dumb thing about it: and the Falcons fans are we're in this like weird boat where the defense is legitimately really good. The defense is legitimately good. like not going anywhere. Like this is here to stay. Like we have six games of sample size of this defense actually being really good, and this defense gave the offense so many chances to do something and come yeah. back and win this game. And you also look, I just think with this group, you've seen the best version. And I forgot who I was listening to uh, yesterday. And they made a really good point about Arthur Smith and that I don't know if his offense works if you're not a top five rushing team in the NFL, where Bijan could not do anything yesterday on the ground. The Atlanta could not run on Washington's front all day long. And this offense looks completely broken and Arthur doesn't look like he has answers when you are not running at an elite level in the game. And I just no, don't, I they don't have a plan B. And I just, I, I don't know if Taylor Heineke solves that plan B. If the, if you're not able to run the football, I think he's better at an elite level right now. We're going to find out because but are we, because this schedule is still extremely easy. That's the other thing with Falcons fans. We look at this and we're like, Oh, we should still win 10 games with this schedule. Like, you look at this schedule is a joke. Bro, they are not winning 10 games with Desmond Ritter. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I do. Well, what, I was gonna, <laughs> what I was going to say was we're going to find out real quick because if you drop any of these games to Tampa, yeah. uh, Tennessee, Minnesota, or Arizona, it's going to get real ugly. And yeah. none of those teams are actually, like, legitimately good. Yeah. So it's going to get ugly. Can I, I give you the whole schedule, y'all? Like, you get the Bucks next week on the road. That game might the be division, like the division in week seven, by the way. Like if the Bucks win that and go up, what like two games on the next closest? I don't think either the Saints or the Falcons would catch them. Well, here's the thing. Then you go to Tennessee, who's awful. Vikings at home, awful. At Arizona, awful. Saints at home, awful. At the Jets, now looking a little bit worse for the Falcons. Yeah. Bucks at home. At Carolina, who's winless. The Colts at home without Anthony Richardson now. At Chicago, who will definitely be all the way checked out by that point, and then at New Orleans to close the year. I mean, that's still just so very, many winnable games in this calendar still for the for, for a team with a quarterback that I trust. That's a very easy schedule. They don't have that though, <laughs> and I don't know, man. Like with Arthur Smith, like you, you made a good point. Like the offense needs to be just extremely good at running the ball. Well, he comes from Tennessee, where Derrick Henry was running for 120 mm. yards a pop every week, and he's trying to translate that over to Atlanta. It's not going to happen. Like, you don't have a generate. Like, Bijan's great, by the way. It's, it's just not like peak Titans is not what he has right now to work with. So, yeah. there, I think that he also just that, wants that his QB to do the bare minimum smart stuff. And it's like, that's just not happening. Like, it, he yeah. just he wants a vet. And it's also like, you kind of failed with the vet last year. You brought in Mariota, and that did not go well. Like, I mean, you could have, I guess, traded for Ryan Tannehill this offseason if you really wanted somebody who's not throwing a pick in the end zone like that. But, I mean, even he's doing some really he's dumb stuff in Tennessee this year. So, I don't even know if that – I don't know. I, I don't think there's an option. And I also just – no matter what, I hope this front office and this group, uh, this coaching staff has seen enough to be like, hey, there are like eight good quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. You need One of those quarterbacks needs to be an Atlanta Falcon the first round next year. 
the by the way, the, uh, the the Falcons defense fifth in the NFL in success rate. So yeah. they're they're playing fantastic. The bright side of this for the Falcons is that everybody else lost in the division. That's true. So That's true. you're never truly out in the NFC South. I can't wait to host a game against like the Cowboys in round one and just lose four. Just to get it. murdered. <laughs> oh my god. We didn't talk so, about that. We should talk about ways. that. What? The the one thing that I will say as I'm watching the 49ers go undefeated and then lose to the Browns. Mm. At least it was the week that the Seahawks, <laughs> the Eagles, right? Mm. Like everybody te- loses. Yeah. I mean, teams lost this week that definitely made it, you know, more palatable, I guess. I think a big winner though, when you say that, the team that won and they unlocked a new a new cheat code. The Detroit Lions with Jamison Williams, who looks back to his old self. And if De- Jamison Williams is back to Alabama, Jamison Williams, that's something we haven't seen because you already got a Ross A. Brown. You have the tight ends. I mean, you look at this. Are we now looking at Detroit Lions, NFC legitimate I'll, contender? I'll say it right now. They're unequivocally better than the Eagles are right now. The Eagles Ooh. have not looked like the Eagles. Don't give me that look, JP. I knew you were going <laughs> to say something. Dude, the Eagles offense has been mid. Also, and they finally ran into a defense where they couldn't continue to be mid where they could get away with it, and it bit them in the butt, where Jalen Hurts looked terrible, and it finally caught up with them. Like, Does Jalen Hurts finish more picks than touchdowns this year? No. Like, they'll be fine. The, they'll be yeah. overall fine, but they are not looking like what they did last year. And in terms of – I'm in half the screen now. Uh, in terms of what that has looked like for them so far, like they look – the Patriots – this is a there whole. You go. There you go. Point. Yeah, I got you. Okay, so you look at how they've played overall this season. They looked really bad in Week One against the Patriots. They didn't look mm-hmm. great against the Vikings. They didn't look great against Tampa. They put up points against Washington, but the, in that same game, they also let Washington put up a ton of points and had to come back in the fourth quarter and go to overtime to beat them. And then you play against a really good Jets defense and you play like hell. Like they have not looked good at all this season. Now defensively, they've been pretty solid, but. Offensively, like right now, they are a shell of what they were last season. So, right, I'm very, I'm much more confident in Detroit right now than I am Philadelphia. I'm gonna say pump the brakes on that just a, just a little bit. I would consider the Lions in the same tier as the Eagles and the Niners. The only Eagles takeaway I have from that game is Lane Johnson is the best offensive lineman in football. He's very and good. When mm. Lane Johnson goes out of the game, you can tell when Lane Johnson goes out of the game. The same way you can tell when an all-pro corner leaves the game, the same it's the same thing with an all-pro right tackle because you can just forget about everything else on the right side of the offensive line because Lane Johnson's right there. You it doesn't matter. Um, this was just a very like it was an out of character game for the Eagles. I'm willing I'm willing to give them a mulligan. They'll be fine. Um, Detroit is really good, like capital G good, and the biggest thing is their defense has finally turned it around. They have gotten really good up front. And they kind of they kind of manhandled the uh, the the Bron- not Broncos the the Bucks. I, I think it was the orange jerseys that threw me off. The Bucks mm. on Sunday. Um, you know, if they can get that offensive line, not offensive line, the defensive line playing really well, with how man how that offense can just beat you in any way possible, they're legitimately NFC contenders. And you you mentioned the defense last year. The Lions finished thirty first in defensive EPA per play. They're seventh in defensive EPA right now. So just a massive jump that they've taken. 
And credit to all those guys. I and mean, they, they went defensive heavy this season and the offseason. They brought in a bunch of they, – they bring in Cam Sutton. They bring in Emmanuel Mosley. They bring in Gardner Johnson. They uh, draft uh, the linebacker from Iowa's at Jack Campbell. Uh, Brian Branch as well. Like they have had dudes on that side of the ball show up and it's it's paid dividends on the field. I just am curious because now you're you're looking at the top of the NFC. I think it's just it, it that's those three. I don't see anyone else creeping in uh, this year. I think it's going to come down to those three. But the fact that we're talking about Lions could actually get out of the NFC. I mean, the first year you're actually looked at as a NFC North favorite for them to really be in that spot is pretty amazing. Um, plus, shout out to uh, Jared Goff too. In his last 17 games, 29 touchdowns, four picks, and like 4,700 yards or something like that. He's he's bald. I wouldn't say they're in the top three of the NFC, and I know they did lose on Sunday, but the Seahawks are playing really good. Oh, uh, the, we the got Seahawks they're are, better than the Seahawks though. The Seahawks. They're better. They they lost to the Seahawks it's this just, year. It, yeah, meh. Tossing it out. Yes. We toss it out. It happened. We There's toss it out. No, toss it out. No. We don't leave it on the field on this show. We're all theoretical on this. The Browns just beat the 49ers, and no one's saying that the Browns are better than San Francisco, though. I'm, you not know what I mean? it's true. Better, I'm not saying they're better than the Lions. I'm saying the Seahawks are playing very good football right oh, now. Absolutely. And they yeah. might not be in the same tier as the Lions, Eagles, Niners, but if we're talking like teams that can make a run in the NFC, the Seahawks should definitely be considered among those teams. The defense has played phenomenally. Now, now that everybody is healthy, they got Jamal Adams back. Devin Witherspoon in the slot is a Dude. machine. Amazing. The offense looked rough in the red zone, but that's kind of like a high variance thing. They've normally been good in the red zone. The Sunday was rough, but offense remains very good. Geno Smith remains very good. They can make a run in this NFC. And it's really tough to say because I know how they just looked and I know how they looked against the Niners. Dallas is still like, they're, they're still among those teams that can make a run. That's those are probably the only five teams that you say like can make a run in the NFC. Dallas is like the, uh, the Anthony Davis peeking around the corner meme. Like I, I need to see more from Dallas, but I, they're, they're still there. I think Dallas, if they win the division, I'm looking at it where I'm like, yeah, they can they can win the NFC. I'm I think if they're the a wild card team, I just we've seen the wild card Dallas Cowboys too many times. I just uh, I don't think they're running the gauntlet as a wild card team. I don't know. That's my gut. Um, no, they got two losses. They lost the Cardinals as well. I was going to say they're what four and two now, three and two. Yes, four they're four and two, and two. by this week. So yeah. I don't know. a game behind though. Don't make a run for it. Hot take or not, Jarrett. The Browns' defense is good enough to win the AFC North, in your opinion. I mean, right now, you look at just how everybody else in that division looks. Like, they're the, the AFC North is the only division where every team is 500 or above, and I could argue all of them aren't good. Like, mm. like Baltimore has no juice on offense outside of Zay. Like, Baltimore, to me, is a lot like the Chargers right now, and nobody talks about this for some reason. Oh, wow. They can have any lead in and no circumstance am I confident that they'll keep it. This has been like a two-year thing. Last year, they blew a lot of late leads. They blew one to the Giants, the Dolphins, the Bills last year. This mm-hmm. this year already, they blew one to the Steelers. They almost blew it to the Titans. That game never felt like two in doubt, but you know Tennessee was coming back in the fourth quarter, and then Tannehill got hurt, and Malik Willis got sacked five times on 15 plays. Um, but 
Baltimore out, they don't have any juice offensive. No, nothing consistent, at least outside of Zay mm. Flowers and, and Mark Andrews when they get on the ball. Defensively, I like what they're doing. They're one of the best defensive teams in football. You look at what Justin Matabuke is doing. Ron Smith's very good. Um, I love what their front seven is doing. But offensively, man, I, I don't think the, the Ravens are scaring too many people with the skill guys that they have. Lamar's great, but no one's like laying awake being like, oh, God, Rashad Bateman and Nelson Aguilar. What are we going to do? Um, and then Cincinnati, I'm like making high-pitched skepticism noises but i think they're getting better you know they just beat a good seattle team they seem to get their mojo back a little bit last week when they beat arizona they're sitting at 500 right now i don't have their schedule in front of me who they play this coming week somebody will have to grab that for me um but if they get to four and three then i'll start you know having even more um, optimism about them the Bengals are playing Ooh. nobody they have a bye, got a bye? okay that's a much needed bye a calf injury yeah but after that, it's pretty San arduous. San Francisco Buffalo is a back-to-back thing that they have after yes. the bottom. So that's and then that's the Texans good. who are spicy at home yes. at Baltimore. That'll always be tough. And then uh, Pittsburgh at home. And then at Jacksonville, uh, who's playing really good football. Uh, yeah, they have well, a so. they have a brutal second half of their schedule. And then Pittsburgh, I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. They're not good. When you say I'm not worried. What they're bad. If, if I'm if I'm a team in the AFC, I'm not worried about Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers are what we thought the Patriots were going to be. Oh, they are. They are the really good defensive team that you can never get rid of because they're going to screw around for three and a half quarters. Then they'll block a punt, or they will <laughs> block a kick, or some bullshit will happen, and they end up losing the game off of that. That's what the Steelers are. Nothing about that offense scares you, except for like yeah. George Pickens saving them on third and twelve. And even mm. then, it, Matt Canada should be arrested because sixty minutes a game he has George Pickens one run one route, and he lines up on the outside and he runs a deep comeback fifteen yards down the field, and it's or it's a back shoulder throw on the sideline that Kenny Pickett is just going to pray that he catches. Now seven times out of ten he's catching it, but it's not a high like you are not getting high efficiency out of this offense. They don't utilize the middle of the field. It is strictly sideline darts to Pickens. Like they're getting Deontay Johnson back for the Rams. I promise you they will lose to the Rams. I will bet anything you want that they are losing to the Rams. Well, yeah, mm. the Rams are actually like the Rams are, a Rams good are fine. Like that's yeah. The Rams are a good football team who have like players. It's a great preseason can, call for me. Who have, who have players who can actually like threaten you offensively. Exactly. Um, I think an actual NFL mind when it comes to offenses, not you know, can't not Matt Canada. Yeah, yeah. Look, the the Browns. I think anything can happen in the NFC North. That's just how like talented these teams are. I guess outside of the Steelers, but even then, like the Steelers can make anything interesting because they have the defense, and that's just like the Browns. The problem is, it's the quarterback. Like that's that's the issue. Like that that's been the entire issue that's the reason like they're what they're three and three now they yeah. probably would have been a lot better if the quarterback played a little bit better but ho you're hoping you get him back healthy and like the offense looks a little better because like even in the even in the browns like in the niners game you could tell they were playing with the backup quarterback because save for like amari cooper being a superhero that wasn't yeah. sustainable offense so they could make a run in the AFC North, but anybody can make a run in the AFC North. That's just how talented these teams are. Who would you guess has the worst point differential? 
in the AFC North the best right now. The Steelers, I think, have the worst. The Steelers have the worst. Like minus like because, 31 or something crazy. Yes. Yeah, because they got blown out by the Niners week one, which is kind of and they, off. And they got everything. blown out by the Texans 30 to 6. So, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not doing great. Yeah, their Ravens losses, are the best at plus 42. That makes sense. Yeah. When they lose, they lose bad. Yeah, yeah. the Steelers don't just lose. They get their ass whooped. Like, it's never just like, oh, it's a close loss. No, they're getting obliterated. Who they would y'all either... guess has the worst point differential in the AFC? The Bengals. The AFC? Mm. In, the a- in the AFC? I thought you were talking about AFC North. Uh, yeah, but the Steelers have the worst in the AFC North. Okay, Steelers are worth the AFC North. In the mm. AFC? Yeah. Um, mm. I'd probably guess... The Tennessee? Nope. Oh. Is it an AFC South team? I don't think it is. It's not. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Is it the Patriots? It is the Patriots. Minus 80. It's the Patriots because they just can't score. Like that's They went 10 quarters without scoring. Well, something they just can't score. Their defense is also giving up a bunch of points. 152. Because they're on the field all the time. (laughs) They're on the field for like 40 minutes out of a game. And And they've got a lot of injuries on that side of the ball too. They're without two of their best defensive players. So, like, shoot, man. Like. Do you know what I also love? The synchronicity, uh, synchronicity. I don't know how to say that word uh, out loud. Uh, the Giants are one and five and minus 96. The Niners are five and one and plus 97. <laughs> it's just a completely polar opposite football teams this year. It's... Can you imagine locking up Daniel Jones long term before the season? And now you. Well, the way just... that they the, that they did that deal, they have an out. Like a lot Do of they have an out after this out. year. I would have to look at it. I think it will be after next year. It would be more friendly. They can get out of it this year. They'd eat a little bit more money, but after next year, they're they're fine money wise. They like they could get out of it this year, but they'll just have to eat some money. You know what else is crazy? Putting out a written statement saying you don't want to trade for an MVP quarterback. Okay, and then sticking with Desmond Ritter. I I mean we joke, but I still think like the betting favorite is Kyler Murray to be the next Atlanta Falcons quarterback. Like I, I think that's a hand in glove fit. I would not be surprised if that's what ends up happening. That's my gut. Is I don't think they go quarterback in round one next year. I think they just trade for Kyler. I think guess. Falcons and Vikings are my two favorites for for Kyler. So my thing with Kyler, especially in both of those offenses, is he does not like throwing in the middle of the field because he is a tiny boy. How is that going to mesh with, especially the Falcons, where most of the routes are daggers and over routes in the middle of the field? How yeah. that matches, I have no idea. The one thing Desmond Ritter will do is he will throw the ball over the middle. It doesn't matter who's over the middle, but he will throw the ball over the middle. Um, but they've never been interested. Like this, the Terry Fontenot era is like they would have taken Trey Lance if he was there, um, and he gets taken one pick before them. Um, you flirt with Deshaun Watson. You flirt with Lamar Jackson, I guess a little bit. You flirt. You bring in Marcus Mariota. You bring in. Um, Desmond Ritter. Like, I just, I don't think, I think they want to move. They want a quarterback who can move and throw on the run and do stuff outside of structure and uh, do that. I, I just think they're so run dependent that they want a mobile quarterback to pair with Bijan and company in the backfield. I think that's what they want their identity to be. Well, I'm not saying like being thrown over the middle of the field makes you a stationary pocket passer. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying like, Kyler's style of play throwing the ball, which is where the Falcons like need the most help, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mesh. Now, do you change the offense for a guy that you bring in who you have to pay a lot of money for? It's yet to, remains yet to be seen. 
But, I mean, going into this offseason, the best quarterback available is probably going to be Kirk. And that's what I was thinking. I feel like that's a fit. I mean, he's I probably the safest, but you would still get, like, Kyler is a better quarterback than Kirk right now. So. Sure. I don't right? I don't think Kyler is a better quarterback than Kirk right now. Upside, really? I think Kirk's, Kirk's the more dependable one. Kirk's played, Kirk has played very good. Kirk's played good. He's played very good. If Kirk is on the Falcons this year, they are comfortably like. like Where does Kirk fit? If he leaves the Vikings, I was thinking about that the other day where there's so many teams that are just locked into quarterbacks now. I don't know where you plug him in. I don't know who's paying for Kirk Cousins. Honestly, I think he stays in Minnesota. Hmm. I think he signs signs a one-year deal. Um, The Vikings draft their quarterback of the future. They can sit the quarterback. And Kirk Cousins gets to play with mm. Justin Jefferson for one more year, while Justin Jefferson like signs his extension, so he can be like, "Hey, now you're stuck with us, and you have to sit sit with this young quarterback." But outside of that, I mean, what team's going to need a quarterback? What team's going to need Kirk at quarterback? The Giants, Indianapolis. Shut up! Don't do this. I mean, the Colts do have to take quarterback no matter what in the first round next year. You no, have they to. Don't. Yes, I mean, the, it's no, it's already no. starting. Anthony Richardson is not a healthy quarterback. It's not. He's going to take these shots. It's going to keep happening. Like, Anthony Richardson, it's already over. It's over. You're not getting three generational healthy superstars in the AFC South accident. for the next 10 it was years. A freak injury. And now it's over. It's JP, over. it's over. It's I'm, CJ Stroud and Trevor Lawrence's world in the AFC South for the next 10 years. It's Jover. So, I'm so done with <laughs> All of this. It's over. What are, what are we doing? You got to move on. No, you... Got to move on. This is like, there's just so many quarterbacks every year in this league that come in that you're just like, oh, took a shot. Not, can't count on him. It's not going to work. He's going to take the hits. He's electric. He's fun, but we have to have insurance. We have to go back to the well. Sorry. Got to do it. That is the stupidest thing. If it's I've Shador Sanders, whoever it is, Drake May. I don't care. You're taking another quarterback. That Can't is do it. Stupid. That, Haven't that, had one in seven years. It's too important so... with CJ Stroud now and Trevor Lawrence in this division. Can't have seasons torpedoed. Worried about Anthony Richardson taking some crazy shots because he's going to keep running and doing all kinds of stuff. Nope. Can't do it. You quarterback first else? round. You know what else? Let's go. You know, you know who else they also said that about? Who? Lamar Jackson. And he's been pretty good. He also hasn't finished the last two years. Just saying. That's true also. Sure. It's been... Again, it's a freak injury. Everybody just needs to chill the fuck out with Can't this Anthony Richardson stuff. Everybody just needs to relax. I feel like we've seen like the this Andrew is good Russell news for you, JP, as a Jaguars fan. No, <laughs> quiet. This is not. This is stupid. We saw. I think the Colts have seen like Colts fans saw what happened to Andrew Luck and immediately got like scared. But yeah. these have just been freak injuries, man. The NFL is a contact sport. Shit mm. happens. It's it's just gonna... but some guys are more injury prone than others. Some guys just are. It's he the got... most important position in the sport. You can't just gamble on a guy who gets injured year one. Got to move major, on. One major injury. One. The shoulder though. Sure. Now you have the rest of the year to sit and rehab, and he's also not even twenty two years old. Yeah. But think a, about the quarterback is, competition of Drake May versus Anthony Richardson in training camp next. Don't summer. do this. This is this is not good. This is bad. Like this is this is not fun. Why would they do that? 
Drake because you have to. Chris Bowers, jobs on the line. You've met. You struck out so many times at quarterback. You, I think you have to. You have to do the the painful band aid. If I'm not 100 percent certain you're healthy and you're gonna play a, a style that's gonna keep you healthy year over year, sorry, I'm doing the Kirk Cousins RG3 thing every year. I am. That's me. I just can't take that enough quarterbacks. Okay, there's a large difference between taking a guy in like the fourth round just to be like, okay, that's fine. We'll take a mid round quarterback, then going first round quarterback back to back year. Hey, Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, you got to do it. Josh Rosen sucks. Josh Rosen was yeah, yeah, he was hot ass. This is not. The I can't same quit Josh thing. Rosen. I, I'll still blame uh, that whole coaching staff and Mike McCoy. All the people that you go broke back mountain for, you choose Josh effing Rosen as the person that you can't quit. I think We're he was just so good at UCLA. He was We're so much fun. I wanted the Falcons to draft him. Yeah, I just felt like he was the heir for Matt Ryan and as someone who doesn't have a quarterback right now. Uh, waiting for that next era. It's, it might be a while, might not. I don't know. We all can't be JP and have uh, a Trevor Lawrence. Some of us have to deal with Kenny Pickett and uh, Devin Ritter for a little bit. Well, to be fair, JP Acosta has had to live through like David Garrard like, and Blake I Bortles. Just, and... I, like, I haven't known pain. You haven't. You've had Blake Bortles, AFC Championship quarterback. You've had David Garrard, who goes into Pittsburgh and wins under the lights in the brightest moments. You've had Byron Leftwich. You've had Mark Brunel out here, the Southpaw legend himself. He wasn't alive yet. I mean, neither was. I wasn't born until 2000, Chase. Oh my God. This is going to. That just like. Oh. You act like I have all this knowledge of watching oh, no. these guys play. The quarter, the, ja- the first Jaguars quarterback I remember oh. having knowledge of, like watching play, is David Garrard. And from that point, it has been very, very bad. Do you have any memory of like Greg Jones? I know who Greg Jones. I've watched Greg Jones. My dad's favorite Jaguar is Greg Jones. Okay, J- uh, Jared had no idea who that was. I've seen this receiver. Team. No, no he's a running back. Fullback. Mm-hmm. Owner of one of the greatest stiff arms in in football history. I'm thinking of Matt Jones. My bad, wrong guy. Matt Jones Slot. was the receiver yeah. who played quarterback at Arkansas. Yeah, scored a yeah. lot of points playing in quarterback at Arkansas. I think he also has some drug problems, but don't quote sure me on that. Okay, yeah, um, but yeah, since David Garrard, it has just been bad. We paid eighty million dollars for Nick Foles. The Gardner Minshew thing. I forgot about oh. Nick Foles in Jacksonville. I had no record. for a hot minute, too. Buddy, I can't forget. Yeah. He is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in terms of being a Jaguars fan. None of that was good. But mm. we actually have, like, a quarterback now. That's pretty awesome, you know? And nothing is truly off the table as long as you have a quarterback. Like, we went into London. We went to the two London games feeling terrible. Come back, and now we're like four and three, I think. Mm. Four and two. In the driver's seat for the AFC South, you're going to host a playoff game. You're right there. I'm in the four and two. They're four and two. And Mm. one of the losses was really close to the Chiefs. The other was a weird game against the Texans, who just look pretty good now. Yeah. This team is good. Like, this is a really, really good football team. The defense is phenomenal. Like, I think for what was thought to be a weakness going into the season – they are really good at football, and the offense is starting to find their stride. Of course, the injuries to both guards suck, but, you know, and Trevor Lawrence hurt his knee. He may or may not play on Thursday, so, you know, that's going to stink. But if it's a if it comes down to it and Trevor isn't 100% playing on turf in a meaningless Week 7 game against the Saints, don't play him. Mm. Um, but this team is good, and, you know, they – they can put up points. They can score with anybody. They can play defensive slugfest games. They 
they're legit. They're legit. They are one of the contenders in the AFC. Yeah, okay. de- you brought up their defense. It's it was crazy too because we assume coming into the season, okay, the Jaguars' offense is going to be pretty good. Defense is going to be a little bit of a liability. First six weeks, it's been the complete opposite. Like they couldn't score before they went to London, and right now they're sitting at ninth in the league in EPA per play on defense, eighth in success rate. They're having like Andre Cisco, fantastic Pro Bowl. Let's talk about it. Pro Bowl. So good, man. He is fantastic. The front seven, they're getting more production out of all these guys in terms of Walker's had his moments. Um, just why am I blanking on the uh, the nose tackle that came back before this year that everybody was really excited about? Why can't I remember his name? Oh, are you talking about Foley Fontacasi or Devon Hamilton? Devon Hamilton hasn't played yet, but Foley Fontacasi. No, no, no. There was, was it not. It wasn't Foley. It wasn't. Who the hell was it? I'll have to look. Um, in terms of their defense, though, yes, they've played very well. Like Darius Williams has had his moments as well, like at, at corner. So they're getting more production out of guys that they, at least from a national standpoint, they weren't expected to get that type of production out of. Um, and then I think the cat finally came off the bottle against Indianapolis, where they just start scoring points at will and just jam the ball down your fucking throat. Like this is a dangerous Jaguars team, and like if Trevor's got to take a week to get that knee right rather than playing against a bad Saints team who can't score, set out. There's no reason to there, – there's a bigger bigger picture that the Jaguars have to worry about, not a week seven Thursday night game. Josh Allen, Jaguars Josh Allen is also eighth in the NFL yes, yes. right now. Also is near the league lead in sacks, playing really good football. He has been very quietly one of the better edge defenders in the NFL. He just hasn't had a consistent running mate, including Javon Walker, who has been – Inconsistent, still played very well against the Colts. Um, they got Dewan Smoot back, which is That's huge. That's who I was talking about, JP. Dewan Smoot. Dewan Smoot is huge for this pass rush because he's kind of an outside inside guy. Who you can li- now you can line up Javon Walker on the inside, or you can move him outside. They, you would know more than I do. Is he usually like three tech, five tech? What do they do more so? With he him? is he is the backup edge on early rundowns, and then he'll kick inside on passing downs. Or you can you can be versatile with him, but Mike Caldwell has been calling the hell out of this defense. Like this, they played amazing. Foye Aluokun has been con- like legitimately one of the best linebackers in football this year. Um, Devin Lloyd missed the last couple of weeks with a thumb injury. Looked really good in his uh, return. They like I said, they needed the London game. It was a lot like season three of Ted Lasso, where they go to Amsterdam and like they kind of get the vibes right, and then they go on a huge run. They need to go to London. They need to get the vibes back right. They need to get the offense back in motion. They're legit, like capital G, good football team. Hmm. Well, there well, you go. Uh, to be the number one seed for a reason, man. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Jared Bailey, Bailey's best weekly segment here on this sh- show. You love power rankings. Your current. NFL top 10 power rankings going uh, after this week is what, sir? Current top 10. So they are actually up on USA Today right now. Um, So go read all of them to see where your team is. But in terms of my top 10 right now, number 10, Seattle Seahawks. They were eight last week, dropping down a little bit, but they're still a top 10 team. Mm. Um, Remember those uh, cautiously optimistic noises I made earlier about the Bengals? I have them at nine. Okay. I need to see more from them to get higher, but they are nine. Number eight is Dallas. Seven is Philadelphia. Six is Jacksonville. Five, by God, that's Jared Goss music, the Detroit Lions. 
Miami mm. Dolphins four, San Francisco 49ers three, Buffalo Bills two, Kansas City Chiefs number one. Those are my top 10 teams right now. Go read the entire thing on USA Today right now. I snuck in a Dan Housen reference. Find what team I snuck that in for. Um, but yes, always fun, random pop culture references in the power rankings. Um, yeah, they're up on USA Today right now. Please go read them. Agree with those, JP. Would you maybe go around in that top 10? Um, I think I agree with the teams in the top 10. I think I would move the... Uh, it's difficult because I think the AFC has so many good teams. Yeah. Whereas, like, if it if like you were doing like top five, I would say like three of the top five are from the AFC, but you can make the argument that two and three are from the NFC if you mm -hmm. wanted to. So I agree with who's in the top five. I might change around the order a little bit, but I'm I agree for the most part. I'm also just like one of the funny things about the Chiefs now at this point is you just forget about them. They've just quietly won five straight. Like it doesn't feel like they're five and one. I don't know if y'all feel that way at all either, but it feels like boring. Hmm. What's like the I guess maybe is it because their defense is so much better than their offense right now? That is one thing that's been nice to see. Similar to Jacksonville, where like their the Chiefs defense has never been like regarded as like bad because you know when you got ninety five in the middle, that's awesome, and they've drafted really well. But their defense has really carried them throughout these first few weeks. Um, yeah. If you go back to the Mahomes era since. 2018 they haven't finished a season scoring less than 28.2 points per game they're scoring 24.5 points per game right now last yeah. year they were held under 24 points um four total times or three total times they've already been held to less than 24 points three times this season so i don't know necessarily what the issue is like we can talk about them not having a you know a top tier receiver. They didn't have one last year, and they were still fine. They won the Super Bowl last year with largely the same roster. Um, is it maybe an Eric the Enemy thing being gone? Maybe, um, but right now their offense isn't looking as good as we are. They're still efficient. They're still moving the ball and getting out of the field. It's just they aren't finishing, and that's not what we're necessarily accustomed to with the Chiefs. I think the thing for them is it's not that they're bad at receiver. They're just not as consistent anymore. Last mm. year, they, were, they weren't as young as they were at receiver last year, but you had Judas Smith-Schuster, who, while his ceiling was limited, you knew what he could do. He was going to be the safety blanket. He was going to be the contested catch receiver. Yeah. Now you're replacing him with Rasheed Rice, who, who while, I, while I thought was a good receiver, he's still a rookie, and he's still learning. If you're counting on him to be the immediate savior and be that immediate guy, you might it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, I think the Sky Moore stuff been really weird. He is a slot receiver. Stop playing him out wide. Um, <laughs> stop also trying to make Kadarius Tony a thing downfield. I think they know that. I think we know that. Not going to happen. I I think they'll be fine. I think I trust too much in Andy Reid. I trust too much in Patrick Mahomes. They have, and like Jared said, defense is real good. That defense is really good, and they'll figure it out. And it's nice because they've been good for the past couple of years. Like LeJarius Sneed getting his fires, Trent McDuffie, obviously Chris Jones, but like Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, um, Jordan Reed. Like they are, I don't think that there's necessarily like a hole on that side of the ball, which is, you know, hard to accomplish. And it's just a, uh, that's a statement to how well um, their front office has done at building the team around Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, which, you know, when, when you have a guy who's making that much money at quarterback, 
who deserves it, obviously, it's important to draft well, and they've they've knocked it out of the park. Neutral site, who are you taking right now? Dolphins or Chiefs? Chiefs. Chiefs. Hmm. It's a close, it's a right close game, but yeah, I, like, I still have far too many questions about the Dolphins' defense right now. Yep. Mm. That's that's the big thing. I I don't trust them. And while they've looked better, it's it's still like I need I need to see it. I still need to see it, especially in the run game where the Chiefs have gotten a lot better. Mm. And they don't have a consistent they their DBs are too inconsistent. Xavier is there Howell a midseason is, trade that they could do that uh Miami could do that kind of put they did, back? They did their midseason trade already. Mm. He'll be he'll be back probably by the end of the month. That's the okay. midseason trade. That's yeah. their that's their trade deadline deal. Getting Jalen Ramsey back. Yeah, that should that should help. But again, you just wonder how much of a boost like is Jalen Ramsey going to give you off of knee surgery? Yeah, you know? and I'm not saying like Jalen Ramsey is a bad player. He's very comfortably not. It's just how much are you expecting them to do coming off of knee surgery? How good do you need him to be? for this offense to not feel like they have to score 70 points a game. And that's the thing too. Like the one really good team they faced this year was the bills and they lost by 28. And it is very good that their run game has become such a focal point of their offense. And I think the thing with the bills game is that they got down so early where they couldn't really incorporate that as much as they would have liked to. Um, now when they, when they play Buffalo again, it'll be in Miami and I have every expectation that it'll be a close game. Um, but right now, like they haven't faced, like they faced a good defense in Buffalo. I think the Chiefs' defense overall is better than the Bills. I, I, I think when it comes down to it, the defenses um, are the biggest question, and I trust Kansas City's defense a lot more than I trust Miami's right now. We're gonna see with that defense real quick. Uh, we're gonna it's see Sunday good. night. They play the yeah. Eagles on Sunday. They play the Eagles, yep. And then they By play the way, Chiefs. Can I can I say one thing? Because I don't know who I saw say it, but now it's it's lived in my head the past two days. Somebody called Tua and Jalen Waddle, like referred to him as Two Face and Penguin, as a Batman nerd. That's a great duo nickname that we aren't focusing enough on. And it's even better because you got the Eagles, who three of their players refer to themselves as a different version of Batman. So mm. the fact that this isn't being marketed as like a just full on Batman comic, somebody needs to do it because I, I, I need it. The thing I worry about the most for the Dolphins defense against the Eagles is are you just going to get the crap kicked out of you up front? Because that's kind of what happened to you against Buffalo. And Buffalo does not have as good of an offensive line as the Eagles, who if you are willing to give them six yards a run, they will do that for the entire game. Knowing that you have that offense on the other side of the field, they will, they'll probably try and shorten that game. Jalen Hurts will probably throw the ball maybe no more than 20 times. They had a 19-play drive against the Jets. I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a couple like 14, 15-play drives against Miami. It's, look, we know what Miami's going to do. They're not going to be a team that's going to send a ton of pressure. And that means, okay, Jalen Phillips, you got to win. That means, okay, uh, the interior guys, Wilkins, Sealer, you guys got to win. And you know, against that offensive line, that's going to be hard to do if you don't have any extra bodies. And they also aren't that great at linebacker right now. No, no, they are not. It's a bad combination to have against an Eagles team that will literally just like you are strong, but be much stronger for the entire game. They will inside. This feels like a game that feels like a game that Dallas Goddard will have a nice statistical performance. 
Oh, you you're calling Dallas Goddard. I'm saying Devontae Smith. Devontae yeah. Smith's gonna have a good a good game. He should because who are you gonna? It's kind of the problem the Eagles pose offensively. Who are you gonna double? Yeah. You want if you want to put Xavier Howard on uh, AJ Brown and then try and double Devontae Smith, you free up Dallas Goddard. If you want to put more attention on Goddard because he had a great game, you free up Devontae Smith. AJ Brown is playing like one of the best receivers in the league right now. Have you seen what he's on pace for, like numbers wise? He's on pace for like 1,900 yards. There are so many receivers who are on pace for like insane yeah. numbers. And that's not even talking about Cooper Cup and Pukunukua, who both might go over 1,500 because they that's all they do. Like, yeah. it's crazy that Cooper Cup just immediately returned and has been, he had like three catches for 100 yards in the first yeah. half. And it's just, well, like Evan's not here. I mean, when you're the modern Jerry Rice, that's uh, that comes natural. Whoa. Excuse me? I know you did not just call Cooper Cup the modern Jerry Rice. Many are saying. Who is many? <laughs> many are saying. This is like that meme of Patrick. He's like, what street said that? You mind your own business. No, what streets are what streets are saying that these modern day Jerry Rice? Hey, we look. Knoxville's talking. They they, they just see it. Knoxville, oh, brother. That's just we know good wide receiver play. I don't know if you said Jalen Hyatt, big fourth down catch, uh, doing stuff, um, for for this G men getting on the field. So you know, little things. It's the little things here in Knoxville, oh, Tennessee. Finally got on the field. That's crazy. Okay, that's. And you see what the teams look like when he, when he's not been on the field. So he comes in, sparks a little bit. So he scored nine points. Yeah, what but, spark was there? Putting a lot of fear in those nine points. Uh, Cedric Tillman's team getting a dub. He's uh, like Cedric out there. Cedric Tillman's on. team getting a dub. You can't even say the snaps that he was in. Who does he play uh, for? The Browns. Browns. Yes. He was like him. he was like one of their top picks in the draft. His third round pick. The the two picks, I think the second round pick and the third round pick were Dewan Jones and no, Dewan was a fifth round pick. Dewan was yeah, you fell to the fifth round. Yeah. Um, it was Cedric Tillman and I believe a defensive tackle. I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Byron Young killing it for the Rams. Riley, I think he was defensive player of the week or something like that this week. So look at love Byron Young. Best story in college football last year. Uh, final thing is we wrap up here on a Monday night here on the NFL Super Friends. Uh, JP, thank you for not coaching. Who wins that award for you this week? Who had the worst coaching performance in the NFL? <laughs> Can I just say everybody involved with Chargers Cowboys? Oh, no. Everybody involved can go to hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is just the worst coaching I've ever seen in my life. Brandon Staley, you are on Fraud Watch. That is Oh, no. Look, man. I feel like every week, Brand, like we just need to have the Staley. This is like the Staley conversation this is the each week. Staley award. Um, you know, he did another fourth down thing. I think it was fine. Like, I think the call for going for it was fine. The play, the play was call not. itself was not. The play call itself was not. Um, Kellen Moore was not good tonight. Like, he was not a good. It was not good play calling. You know, because anytime you can run a screen on the four yard line, that's just impressive football right there but then you go to the flip side the cowboys did not deserve to win this game because they ran out of timeouts with like four minutes left in the game 
And then the Chargers also didn't have any timeout. So this was really like two people hitting each other, trying to hit each other over the head with a bat, but missing. This was like both teams just punching each other, punching themselves in the nuts for like the, the entire 60 minutes. Like that was just poorly coached all around. And we're going to do the whole like the takes about Justin Herbert or the Dallas Cowboys. My biggest thing is nobody won in the mm. Helen Moore uh, Dallas Cowboys split. Both mm. of them look bad. All, like, I said, every, like I said, everybody involved can go to hell. It's like when two just like really toxic people break up. That's, that's what it is. It's, nobody, nobody is having any fun. Nobody had any fun watching that game. Except for that one lady during the game who was Yeah, that, she was having a lot of fun. She had the time of her life. Is she a life. plant? No. <laughs> no. Nobody is, nobody is that excited. Like, no plant can get that excited. Over <laughs> I think I just broke Jared. Plant. <laughs> no plant can get that excited over Chargers. For I don't know. As someone who's been to a lot of Atlanta Hawks games in my life and seeing those plants for the in uh, arena, like kiss cam and like the faux uh, d- ring denial and stuff, you would be surprised at how excited plants can get um, in the arena. I think she's a plant. That's my well, guy. Well, that's the Hawks. Those are loser teams. So. What is the Chargers? <laughs> um, a slightly less loser team. They're a chaotic loser team. The Hawks are just bad. Okay, I, that was aggressive. I think the Hawks are totally fine, and they might be a top four te- seed in the East this year. Hey, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. That's fine. And this is and where you lose me. No, no, it's okay. I mean, I'm not going to go uh, balls to the wall here for the Hawks and that they're a premier <laughs> franchise in the NBA. I just once once basketball conversation ends, yeah, uh, everybody involved with Chargers Cowboys. Thank you for mm. not coaching. And wasting like three hours of good football time. Jarrett, what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week? Before I do that, I want to say a special thank you for not coaching to Brian Dable um, and Ooh. making sure that he knew it wasn't his fault, quote unquote, that uh, Tyrod Taylor did the wrong check or the wrong audible or whatever and had his little Trent Dilfer moment. Brian Dable is such a massive Karen. Oh my, I'm over Brian Dable, by the way. Oh, he's and- out. He's not. He's not getting fired or anything. But by the way, uh, cheers! Cheers to you and I who completely called the Giants being god awful yes. uh, before the season started. He does a good um, call. He looks so jolly most of the time that when he's mad, I really can't take him seriously because he's like an angry little keeper elf. Oh, wow! <laughs> he's just so short, and he's got like the he's got the keeper elf vibe, you know. And when he gets mad, I'm like, dude, go. I'm also surprised he's not wearing head stuff. When it's cold, like as someone who uh, has to wear like a beanie, like the weather's changed here, like you know, you lose so much of your heat from your head. Or he's from New York, he's from the Buffalo. I area. don't care. You're gonna get cold. I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're not freezing. Like uh, I don't know how he's not wearing. He's built uh, for. A he's beanie. built for the cold weather. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'm just maybe I'm not. I'm I'm not built for it. Um, skin is skin tone is built for uh, built for the cold, but. Uh, with the sun not being my friend, shout out to Howie from Benchwarmers. But uh, yeah, no, uh, not really built for those winners every year. Yes, but yeah. um, in terms of what the people can check out for me, um, I'm doing a piece on the frustrations that Steelers fans have with Mike Tomlin. Uh, mm. That will probably come out tomorrow because I've got a lot to say about it. And like, I feel like there's like from a national perspective. Like anytime a national person hears like a Steelers person bitch and moan about Mike Tomlin, they just do the old eye roll thing. He's never had a losing season. Steelers fans don't care about that anymore. Um, oh, 
So I'm doing a whole thing on that about just not necessarily that he should be fired, but just like here's why Steelers fans are just really over Mike Tomlin and why he needs to start showing results soon, or maybe that should be a conversation of moving on. Um, and then as with every week, uh, power rankings, uh, which are on USA Today right now, um, pump fake um, tomorrow, or I guess if you're listening to this as a podcast today, uh, me and my friend Ben Raven from M Live are going to be talking about the Lions, which would be a lot of fun. So that'll be on the pump fake, um, as well as other things. But uh, yeah, he covers the Detroit Lions, so that'll be a focal point. And then Friday, Aaron Schatz will be joining me on the pump fake. So all the fun DVOA stuff, we'll get into all the advanced stats going into week seven. So, where is he now? FTN. Fantasy. Okay. That's where all the, that's where all DVOA stats are housed. Oh, so okay. definitely subscribe to FTN Fantasy for all the DVOA and all the uh, really good advanced stats that uh, that Aaron does. He's best in the business in terms of when you know when it comes to the advanced stats. He's the pioneer of that. So he'll be with me on Friday to preview Week Seven. So that'll be a lot of fun. Go check it out on the Pump Fit. Go read everything behind the Steel Curtain USA today. There you go. What about you, JP? Over on SBNation.com. Outside of established fun, which is every Friday, got another fun one cooking up for you. Um, getting into the college football bag a little bit. We're going to be writing a little bit about Drew Aller ahead of a very, very Ooh, big football game. My little tail is wagging. Yeah, um, a very, very big football game on Saturday. And we're going to be writing about some G5 teams who are looking pretty good. So outside of that, follow me on Twitter, see what I'm doing. I might write a little bit about the NFL, but, you know, I anywhere where there's football, I'll probably be watching, probably be writing. There you go. I am excited. I'm such a casual to watch college a, football fan, but I any, anytime Penn State's brought up, I will I will be I will be seated. There you go. I'm excited to see what because uh, I'm going to a Tennessee Vol sports bar in Manhattan for Tennessee Alabama, and Tennessee I can't sports wait. Sports bar in Manhattan. How did you I know. find that? That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of alums that live in New York. Like that, there's a lot of college football alums. So there's a Georgia bar, there's a Tennessee bar, there's a Michigan bar. So you just find that not surprise me that there's a Georgia bar. I, oh, yeah. you know, how crazy it'd be if you like that walk in the middle of downtown Manhattan and you just hear barking coming from a bar. Sounds like the worst. Uh, I'd be, the worst. I'd be scared. Situation. It feels like you're about to like live the uh, song Tennessee fan by Morgan Wallen with your wife um, mm. at this at this Tennessee bar. It's going to be fun. Uh, hey, I, I'm excited to get redneck mad uh, watching Tennessee, Alabama with uh, Joe Milton. It's going to be. Oh, that is. It's the third Saturday in October. Dang. Yes, it is. That's that's snuck up real quick. Yeah, yesterday was the one year anniversary of Tennessee beating Alabama at the calendar wow. page. Yeah. Time flies. It does. Hopefully, uh, time also repeats itself uh, this weekend. So that would be great. Uh, Jarrett, JP, thank you as always. And I'll talk to y'all two weeks. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing mm-hmm. your, um, pleasantness. You're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.